Jackie Cooper with J. Cooper Travels and the Crypto Mom 2 talk show and the Blockchain Legal Institute. I want to thank everyone who's hopped on to listening to this broadcast as well as to the others that are going to be dropped very soon. I have a really special guest on today, and as everyone knows, I love to travel around both the United States as well as around the world. And there is a, a conference happening in Wyoming right now, and um, the mansion that I'm going to be um, describing and showing everyone is located in Wyoming. And the reason why I stumbled on this mansion is because one of my associates actually is going up to the Wyoming blockchain, blockchain stampede. And so we were looking for a unique place for him to stay. And we came across this historic, historic house um, called the Nagel Warren Mansion. And there's a lot of history with this house. So before we get onto the history and I show the website and all the information will be embedded below. So that way you can definitely go into the website click on it, book the uh, the rooms and enjoy when you're traveling through Cheyenne. Um, I am I have the honor and the privilege of having on the, um, I'll say multifaceted innkeeper for the mansion because he wears many hats. Um, Jess, how are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Yeah, so, um, so why don't you, I love stories. So tell me, how did you become involved with the mansion and um, what's your role there? I know, you know, like with anything else, we sometimes we do more than one thing. So how did you get started? What What's the history of the mansion? Well, I am a 53-year uh, hospitality uh, consultant and professional. Uh, I've done probably a total of 45 inns, uh, several of them in the last 10 years that are similar to this mansion. Uh, the uh, in Ferndale, California, the Gingerbread Mansion, and Norm Bigger Castle in Camden, Maine. Wow. Uh, among others, many others. But, and I restored those. So when this, when uh, Jim Ostrofoss, who was the gentleman who put this together as an inn 26 years ago, uh, Jim, unfortunately, January of 21, passed away. Mm. Uh, the inn had been closed for two years at that time, and his children, uh, three adult children, got a hold of me, and we began speaking, and I became a partner with them, and I said, yes, I will come back to Wyoming after 52 years, and we will open this mansion back up. So after half a million dollars and a year of restoring the mansion, we opened up on July 22nd of last year. Wow, wonderful. So um, I'm going to share the um, the screen and we're going to take a look at some pictures. All right. So, um, all right. So are you able to see the mansion? Yes. Okay, great. So I'm going to kind of scroll on down and we have, uh, for those that are on the audio side, definitely hop over to the YouTube side so you can take a look and see. So there are different places that you can toggle. Right now we're on the homepage, but you can stay, tour, cuisine, weddings at groups and contacts and specials. So we're gonna hop back over to the pictures, which show um, you know, the building over the various years. Why is it called the Duchess of Cheyenne? What's the, uh, the history behind that? Well, this street, 17th street that we're on currently 
-hmm. was the wealthiest street in the world in 1888. Wow. You could combine the wealth of New York and San Francisco and come up to about half. Uh, this entire boulevard was filled with mansions. Uh, this being kind of the pinnacle, uh, this was the uh, most expensive house built in America in 1888. Wow, that's amazing. Yes, it was. And it remained that way until they built the Biltmore a couple of years later. So this, this actually cost $50,000 when it was being built. And in and, $50,000 was an extraordinary fortune. Yeah. 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 So um, I'm showing some of the pictures. That um, particular picture is the original architectural drawing by John Gott, who was the architect out of uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, Erasmus Nagel, who built the home, had grown up in St. Clairsville, Ohio, knew John. And as the chairman of the capital committee out here, uh, Mr. Nagel hired John to not only do the capital, but to do this house at exactly the same time. It's gorgeous. I mean, I'm looking at the turrets. I'm looking at the uh, the brick structure. I'm looking at the porch. I mean, it is probably, how many rooms does it have? Now, the main house itself, we well, we have uh, uh, six guest rooms. There are probably about 22 rooms, all total. Look at this. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. So uh, I'm assuming it has fireplaces. And, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. In fact, right in back of me right here, this is one of them that was actually made as four metals. It was actually made in Edinburgh, Scotland. Yeah. So here especially for this. That's amazing. So has the, I'm well, I'll ask this question. I sort of know the answer. How has the neighborhood changed over time? Well, beginning in about 1935, they began ripping down the mansions. Mm -hmm. um, the Warren family, uh, Senator uh, Francis Warren and his wife, Claire Morgan Warren, in 19, uh, from 1915 to 1930, owned the mansion. He passed away in 29, 1933. She gave this house to the YWCA, which was a woman's hotel for 58 years. Wow. And uh, they literally tore almost all the other mansions down along the street during those years. So from 1936 to approximately now, uh, they ripped down about 90% of the mansions. And this was the only one remaining because it was the YWCA. So is it, um, did it get a historic designation? Is that also yeah. how it prevented it from being torn down? Yeah, they received that in the 90s. Um, when Jim came in to re do the initial restoration 26 years ago, uh, he got all the historic designations that would be needed to preserve the home. So where, um, what, what kind of guests have come through the halls? I bet you, <laughs> I, I bet you can tell so many stories. Um, you mean prior <laughs> since it's rebuilt? Because <laughs> that, that's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, President Taft, Roosevelt, uh, 
Alice Roosevelt used to hang out here. Uh, Teddy's daughter would hang out here with Warren's daughter and uh, Mabel Nagel. And in fact, when Taft took his 1906 Oriental tour to the Philippines and Japan, this entire little block right here, including John J. Pershing, who was uh, Warren's son-in-law, all went. There, wow. they only left. They left one person here, and they all took the cruise to Japan. That's uh, amazing. Well, the Philippine War uh, that was fought over there was actually decided in this living room. What they were going to do when Taft came out as the uh, Secretary of War. Uh, but things like Bill Cody was here quite a lot. Uh, in fact, we have an entryway ceiling that uh, Bill sent uh, buffalo skins over, hides over from Scouts Rest Ranch in North Platte on the train to Frank Mania, who was a saddle maker. And Frank ended up carving, it took him a year, carved these buffalo hides into a ceiling, which was quite remarkable. Uh, most people look at it and think it's gold or bronze. <laughs> it is unbelievable. Um, then from uh, uh, Mr. Nagel, unfortunately, passed away a year after it was built. Mrs. Nagel had the home until 1906. 1906, Brigadier General Morton Randall, uh, they called him Jake Randall, and his wife, Emily, moved into here for four years till 1910. Jake was one of the guys that went up San Juan Hill. These all were very close friends. You had General John J. Persing, General Randall, Bill Cody, uh, Roosevelt. These were San Juan Hill boys. All these guys had gone up San Juan Hill before this. And, um, and if you ever look at a roster, by the way, which is very funny, of the Rough Riders, Bill Cody is listed as a Rough Rider. Uh, and all he did was make a record supporting Roosevelt <laughs> to go. But he's named as a Rough Rider. So they had a couple. Yeah, it's really funny. So they had a couple of reunions here. And, and Taft was Big Bill and Cody was Little Bill. And uh, they would eat over here. They party. I mean, these guys were unbelievable. They were all business partners. Uh, George Hirsch was involved in mining up in South Dakota. And these guys were involved with George. Uh, George had come to the house on several occasions after it was built. Um, but most of these people uh, that were out here, these first gentlemen that were here, uh, Warren, for example, was 18 when he came out here and had the Medal of Honor. He was the only survivor of his entire uh, battalion in uh, during the Civil War. Uh, these, these were these kind of guys. And they were entrepreneurs. Uh, when the Red Wolves put through, they came out, they began to be merchants and they built, uh, started using and, and gaining their wealth uh, doing that. As slowly, they would be buying ranches and they became cattlemen. Now, the wealth of this area in the 1800s and the 1880s was cattle. We basically supplied the nation and lots of parts of the world with, with beef and that's what made the money here. Wow. Um, yes. And 1888, there was a blizzard, which basically wiped out the cattle industry. Mm. Now, most of these guys were healed enough that they were able to keep on with their fortune, invest in the mining, uh, setting up the telegraph systems, 
anything, again, entrepreneurs, anything that would make money, they were jumping into. Um, they were they were quite something. Warren was really the last one of these. Most of them passed away in about uh, 1914 through 1917. Cody passed away in 17. So uh, Warren was the youngest one. He and he lasted until 30. And then after friend and he was powerful. He was like a Newt Gingrich. I mean, he was super powerful Republican. This was all heavy based Republican at that point, very heavy based. And uh, once Fran died, um, it, it kind of all started, the power base started falling apart. Uh, Claire wanted to go back to Massachusetts. She didn't want to stay out here. She was a very refined lady who was a Morgan. And uh, Wyoming, I don't think quite suited her totally. So she left, and when she left, she uh, gave the house to the YWCA. And they again had it until 1983 when a local attorney uh, purchased it. Uh, he had it for about 10 years, and then Jim Osterfoss bought it and did the major restoration and turned it into a bed and breakfast. So um, when the attorney bought it, it was just a private home at that point. Just a private, he got it as a private home for 10 years, yes. Yeah. And um, are there, I would think that there's probably not, but are there any other bed and breakfasts similar to what you're doing? Yeah, well, as a national consultant, which I have been for basically you know, 25 years all over the country from Virginia to California, Florida, up to here. Uh, no, there isn't. Now, you have a lot of historic properties in the South that were plantations in Virginia as well. In fact, I had uh, one in Virginia that was built in 1763 that Tommy Jefferson used to hang out. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. George Washington. This was uh, Joshua Fry's home. So uh, in terms of back in the 17, early 1800s, very historic. In terms of what we're doing, uh, and we present in costume, when the guests are here, my staff are in costume. So you step into 1890. That is our pinnacle Phenomenal. Point. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love and it. You actually see what living in 1890 in Cheyenne as a cattle baron was like. That is awesome. That is awesome. So um, is there a certain, I know you're very close to certain um, landmarks within Cheyenne. Do you want to talk about the landmarks that you're close to? We're about one block out of downtown. Mm -hmm. So the state capitol, uh, which we call it kind of the twin to this, because everybody that worked and built that worked and built this. So we're, we're sort of the twin sister, the little sister, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the capitol building downtown is a half block away. Uh, these gentlemen that lived here, Warren, Nagel, all these people built the downtown. And wow. They're Many, many buildings that are still their buildings. They put in two of the theaters, the historic Plains Hotel, uh, Warren built, uh, which is three blocks away from here. So we are very centrally located within the not only the historic district, but what is con we consider, which most people think is a kind of a quaint little town. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're not a big state capital. <laughs> we're kind of like Vermont. We're just not very big. Uh, we like it that way, though, because it's very intimate. All the neighbors know each other. Uh, it's kind of been this way ever since it started. So uh, we're still kind of keeping up certain traditions. 
I like that. Uh, traditions are important. They are. And I think, I think history is important too. And, and the, the history that you've shared, you know, um, we, we need to share more of it with our youth, because again, um, a lot of the history um, is kind of over its surface right now. And uh, I, I think that more of the, the personal stories need to be told, because that is that's our roots you know and there's a lot of inspiration uh to to hear what these individuals did the the men and women combined and um and how they really impacted the country you know well well these gentlemen here and their wives by the way and i'm glad you brought up the women mm -hmm. uh wyoming has always been very very different um 53 years ago, I was two and a half hours west of here raising buffalo, to give you an idea. My, uh, we had 1,300 head. My partner was an 84-year-old woman named Emma Sunby. She had never been 20 miles away from Laramie. This was a cowgirl. She went bedded the very idea of what women in Wyoming were. And ever since the beginning of this state, they have stood very equal ground. You look at the Capitol Committee, who, who decided to build the Capitol. Uh, over a third of that committee were, were women. I love it. Who built the Carnegie Library, or which has since been torn down. But that was uh, Rose Cosgriff, who lived here from 1910 until 1914. I love it. So the, these women were very instrumental in how this state would develop how the politics of the state would develop, and also the money. Now, the original funding for the state of Wyoming was the Bank of Scotland. No bank in America would loan money here. Amazing. It was, yeah, it was Wentworth, Colonel Wentworth Bank of Scotland out of Denver. That's where a majority of the, the cattle money came from. And the uh, shorthorns that were initially brought here, the Scottish shorthorns, yeah. were from back in like Kentucky and uh, Ohio, southern Ohio. And wow. they were shipped out here. That is amazing. I've yeah. been to Scotland. So the idea that um, there's like this long reach, you know. Well, most of these guys were first, second generation Scottish or off the boat. <laughs> uh, uh, Swan, whose uh, mansion was right across the street. They are the uh, uh, Glasgow Swans. Wow. Yes. So there are there was a lot of very direct Scottish heritage involved in this initial setup. And now you can still go through the old ranches, the McKinley Ranch. You will hear Scottish things throughout Wyoming in its history. And these people were uh, uh, truly the, the Scottish that were coming from. Some of them had come in through Cross Creek a couple of generations before into um, Tennessee, on over to Arkansas, and then up here after the Civil War. So, so what's really funny is that um... A number of years ago, I met a woman in Scotland. And so we started a Facebook group called Love Travel Scotland. And so obviously, you know, our conversation is going to go on to both the Jay Cooper Travels and the Crypto Mom talk show side, but I'll be sharing it into the Facebook group of Love Travel Scotland because those individuals oh. um, are who to, are there. To the Scottish. <laughs> to the Scottish, this is what I say. <laughs> the 10th generation grandson of Sir William Alexander invite you to the American version of Minstry Castle. <laughs> and 
And what is also very kind of um, funny to me is the fact that I write books. And one of the books that I write is, a, it's called The Bitcoin Cinderella and the Blockchain Adventures. And in the last book, um, she goes over to El Salvador to visit her cousin Snow White to learn about Bitcoin mining. But through the magical mirror, she hops through it and she lands in Scotland. And so that is actually the entryway for my next Bitcoin Cinderella book, because again, um, there are a lot of different fairy tales in different lands. And so that's going to be the next story. So it's very, very, very funny, all the interconnections that you don't always realize when you start a conversation that's going to well, happen. You got to realize we Scots don't stay in Scotland. <laughs> very few. I was born there. I was raised partly there. Uh, most of us leave. We venture the world. Yes, you do. You're travelers. Yes, we are. Yeah, <laughs> global citizens making, That's it. <laughs> making an impact everywhere that you go. <laughs> That's entirely correct. So um, I know that you and I will have more conversations just because I love history, but any last minute thoughts about that you want to share about the mansion that we might not have talked about? Um, well, what, we are, what we're doing here is, is, again, as you said, it's a little different. Mm -hmm. uh, people come to stay here. And what we do is once they step inside that door, we submerge them. Now, you can wear your modern day street clothing or... You can wear your 1800 clothing, which we have many guests that do bring their clothing and they dress when they're in. Now, we provide like at five o'clock, we do a wine and cheese hour with the guests every day, kind of talk about where you're going to go to dinner, where who's the best chef in town, <laughs> where can I get a steak, where can I get pasta, that sort of thing. Um, after dinner, I have uh, uh, sherry and brandy available in the library. We have music so they can come spend the evening uh, sitting around the mansion. In the morning, uh, we do a full gourmet breakfast. My breakfasts are highly unusual. We do souffles, frittatas, um, something that you would find very much akin to a hotel in New York City. Yes, sounds like uh, it. It's, it's, in fact, I, I think personally it's quite better. But And we do mimosas and we have... Booze is always involved here. <laughs> it's just booze is always involved. So we do have a collection of 50-year-old scotches here, uh, which uh, everybody tends to enjoy a lot. Um, so what we have gathered up is the, um, the feeling and the atmosphere of sitting in a different time. Yes. And that's really where the, that was the goal. Well, you know, um, it's it sounds magical. It sounds magical you to be trying to make it that way. <laughs> yeah, it it sounds as if you know when you are there, you get transported back into time, and um, you know, for everyone who is listening to the audio side or the YouTube side, definitely, I would highly recommend that um, you click in and. As you're planning your vacations, you know, you might not have thought that Cheyenne might be a place to go to, but oh, I, think, fun. I, I think now after listening, you know, it's got to be on my bucket list. <laughs> well, you know, you come here and you're in the Wild West, folks. You're coming here. You're still in the Wild West. Twelve-year-olds wear guns around here. I mean, you're still in the Wild West. Yeah. There's grizzly bears out here. There's yeah. wild horses. Uh, there's moose. There's wolves. I mean, this is 
one of the last great adventures. Now you can get in the car, you can drive a certain number of hours, get out of the car, and you're into a Western adventure. And this, Wyoming is not like other places where it's kind of staged. Yes. This is how we live. That's how you live, exactly. This is exactly how we still live. So we, and we love to share. You know, we just really love to share, folks. So if they come out here, you want to climb on the back of a horse, you want to feed a buffalo with your hand, we can do it. It sounds it sounds magical. And and as I say to everyone who's um to who's listening, click into the website, um, share it with those that you know, because again, um these type of um exotic jewels you have to kind of stumble on. And and that's you know what I feel, you know, now after talking with you. Um, you know, when I kind of explored and looked and made some phone calls to uh, to find a place, it, I had no clue the the history involved with the mansion and the um, just like you said, the stories, the 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 history. It just it blows me away. So I really appreciate this. And You're for everyone, yeah, for everyone who's listening, definitely um, share it out with your community because um, this is part of our past, part of our history. So as I always say at the end of all my shows, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. We're all so interconnected. <laughs>